but we are live on YouTube. Live, How you guys for, doing? live for our first show. For mm. our first ever live show. Can you believe it? Somehow no. I can, Phil. Somehow I can. <laughs> um, for those of you joining us, there is about a 20-second delay. So if we don't see your question right away, um, or we don't, it doesn't look like we're answering your question right away. We have answered it. You just haven't seen it for 20 seconds. So we're time travelers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and All how right. appropriate, and how appropriate, because Phil and Phil and Robert can explain how time is not a thing in heaven. And then oh. the spiritual realm, <laughs> well, time only exists on earth. Okay. So let me show you. Oh, we're going to get a visual. Oh, oh man. Okay. Piece of paper here, okay? This mm -hmm. is where we are. This is where we're going to be. So this ends where we are. This ends where we're going to be. We have to travel across that piece of paper. That's time. But in mm -hmm. heaven, it's like this. You're there already. As soon as you start moving, you're already at the other point. There is no time. So it's just like you're there. <laughs> Hey, I'll, I'll give you my theory on that. You want to get my? I'll, I'll throw my sure. two cents in for time. Okay. Right? I, I, I'm I'm arguing with Einstein on his theory of relativity, and so you know that right there probably tells you uh, I'm not listening to this guy anymore. So, <laughs> but uh, I was I was looking at the scripture one day, and I just felt like the Lord was just really speaking to this. But when notice how we remember He says salvation uh, today is the day of salvation. Okay. I started thinking about. Okay, and I, of course I'm, I'm I was a big Back to the Future fan. I don't know if you remember the Back to the Future movies, right? But they always would go back in time or go forward in time, as right. if those places existed, right? Now, I got a theory about that. I don't think the past and the future exist. Oh, I, think I agree. The only thing that exists is the present. Yeah. Mm. And the only the only way we know the past is because we can remember it. God designed us to be mm -hmm. able to remember it so we can build on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And and be able to be educated and learn. But with regard to the future, it doesn't exist yet, except God knows where it's going because he's the one leading us there. And so so that's why today is the day of salvation, because that's mm. all you really have. You you can't you can't assume that you're you're you know you can be saved in the past or saved in the future because you don't you're not promised tomorrow. The past only exists as a memory, so the only place that salvation can exist is the present. That's wow. true. I That's agree. Why God's mercies are new every morning because if you're waiting for tomorrow for His mercies, well, well, wait a second. <laughs> right, we need <laughs> mercy today. <laughs> right. So yeah, so that's my theory on that. So. So the idea of, you know, being able to get into the future or somehow travel into the past, I don't think they exist anymore. I don't think they, the future exists. It doesn't exist yet. The past is gone. And so God always deals with us in the present. Well, because that's, you know, even though he was, he is, and is to come, the Almighty, he, you're right, he is. He said, I am. Not mm -hmm. I was or I will be. He said, I am. Mm -hmm. And not only does the past only exist in our memories, but the future exists in things that aren't going to really happen anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we think we can think of the worst thing that's ever going to happen and it will only happen in your mind. Mm. Even if you come to a similar situation, it's not going to be exactly like you imagined yeah. in your mind. 
So the worst thing that could ever happen to us only happens in our minds. Yeah, wow, well, that's pretty deep, Phil. Our concept <laughs> that's pretty... of things is different, right? Like it's it's always different than reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Phil, mm -hmm. I, I totally agree with you on that, mm -hmm. Robert. So we've got uh we got six people watching. Yay! That's great. <laughs> Type um, in your throw out some questions to us and uh we'll try to answer them. Otherwise, we're just gonna keep talking about time and and anything goes, unless you anything want to goes, that's right. About time. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, we are supposed to be having a special guest join us here shortly. Um, hopefully he'll be able to make it. Somebody you all know if you've been watching this show for very long at all. But um, so, yeah, throw out some questions. Robert and Chad would be glad to answer them for you. <laughs> now, hey. we would love to answer your questions today. That's what this is all about. So while we're while we're waiting for people to type their questions, I'm going to ask Robert. So Robert, what in a, in a nutshell, what are you preaching on this weekend? Oh man, I am preaching on uh, Genesis, and I'm going to talk about Eve because I felt like the Lord really showed me something about Eve, and, it, and it's in relation to how the Spirit's been moving with us and our family, and you know, just all kinds of different things what He's doing in the church. But I I always pictured, you know, there's always the two trees, right? And so the two right. trees in the garden, there's the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree of life. And we always look at the tree of life as good tree, right? And then we think of the tree of knowledge of good and evil as bad tree because yeah. of the results, right? Like, right. but the reality is God started showing me like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not a bad tree. It was a perfect tree, had perfect fruit. Mm. And so what I realized is like the issue, we always kind of think like Eve plucks the fruit. And it's like sin-laced fruit. And so when she eats it, like sin enters her. So there must have been something wrong with the fruit. And there was nothing wrong with the fruit. God made a perfect tree. Yes. See, there was no sin in the garden. He made a perfect tree with perfect fruit. That's why when she looked at the tree, the fruit was desirable. Ah. Because it was a perfect tree. It's got perfect mm -hmm. fruit. Just like mm -hmm. every other tree in the garden. <laughs> so what was that? What happened? The problem was her decision. Mm -hmm. She was willing to compromise her relationship with God for the pleasure of the perfect in the moment that she was not supposed to have. Wow. That's good. You know, I never really thought about it that way. Yeah. And so I realized like we have that tendency, like sometimes we choose things and this is kind of the point of what I'm, if, so if anybody is watching this from the church, they're going to get a spoiler, right? But if this is, <laughs> the, the problem is we have a tendency to justify decisions we make that are not necessarily sin in the moment but that do not lead to good results mm -hmm. and so we choose that things sense. that could be it like it it's not necessarily wrong in, in what we're thinking but then it leads to bad things and so we have a tendency because and we'll justify it because we it's something we want but god may be telling us not to have it so mm -hmm. the importance of the conviction of the holy spirit right like if god tells you hey you know i don't want you to drink this bottle of coke well then don't drink the bottle of coke because wow. it's not necessarily the coke that's the problem it's the fact that you have a problem obeying what the lord's telling you mm -hmm. that's the same problem eve had like she she was deceived by the enemy deceived by the enemy to take on this perfect fruit that she wasn't supposed to have not because the tree was bad 
it was it, the, what was bad was the disobedience to God's command. Mm -hmm. That's really good. You know, it makes me think of Abraham, you know, take your one and only son that he promised that God promised to him and mm -hmm. sacrifice him. Yeah. And Abraham didn't question. In fact, you know, going up the hill, they said, we will be back. Meaning he and Isaac were coming back. He knew he yeah. was coming back. Right. That's mm -hmm. tremendous faith. But yeah, his obedience. And now, of course, getting ready to drive that stake through him or however it was going to be, the, the angel of the Lord stopped him. But that's tremendous obedience. Well, well he knew God's will. See, that's the difference. Yeah. Because he knew and understood that you know God's will, and he knew that his son, you know, was innocent. He knew that that God's intent is to never you know, harm or cause, you know. I mean, God would never want that. So it was he knew that he was just testing his obedience and he knew God's will, and that's the thing that's different. But yeah, that obedience is powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And we fail, and we often fail that. Well, there's there's some implications there. We don't like to say this in our culture because it kind of goes against what we what, what we think of. We have real problems with like the difference between men and women in our culture, and you know, you know, men men leading and and women with submission. We think those are like bad qualities or bad concepts. It's just because we don't understand what the concept is, and we don't understand the biblical understanding. But like. Adam sinned because he simply did not lead his household at all. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Just totally, totally ignored leadership, right? Well, what happens in our world today? We are suffering because in a big way, men are simply not leading their households. Mm -hmm. We are struggling. Yeah. We're still Adam, right? Like Eve is still used to like, what happens is women are still stepping up to lead the way, but they can get deceived right by the enemy, just like Eve did. And then Adam just refuses to lead because he's just being passive. And we still see those same qualities in our world today, right? Wow. We, we still see dad wants to sit on the couch and watch the game and not be involved in the family. So whatever they're doing, they do because he thinks what he's doing is enough. Yeah. And it's like, guys, we're, you know, don't be, don't be Adam. Right? Like, don't be, be oh, yeah. Jesus. Don't be Adam. Right? Be the second. Yeah. Adam. Right? Mm -hmm. so, there's all kinds of implications. I love the book of Genesis, just like I love parables. Right. There's so many. It teaches us so much about who we are. Mm -hmm. And we'll have to try to put a link to your uh, your church services so people can find it. The viewers can find it because. The other thing, too, is uh, so like, you know, like our friend Jim Brim, he loves Genesis. He's, you know, he's talking about, you know, creation and, you know, all that sort of thing. So he he would definitely find it interesting. So we'll have to put a link in the in the in the comments or the chat for people so they can find it. Oh, That's yeah. a big thing. But, you know, the thing that I was on a big kick on this week is the election. And, mm. you know, and here in Ohio. Uh, Robert, we can now smoke marijuana and abort children and be completely fine. Now, there's man's laws and then there's God's laws, you know, like, but the one thing, like I made a, a Facebook post and I know you're not a big Facebook guy, so you probably didn't see it, but I made a Facebook post about this on the, on Wednesday morning after the election results. And I said, and I drew this correlation about how all throughout the Old Testament and even into the New Testament, but all throughout history in the Bible, you know, uh, they the they voted 
they, you know, of course, they didn't have the fancy electric voting machines and the polling places we have now. But the 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 crowd of of the Israelites all throughout the Bible voted for all kinds of different things. And I gave a bunch of examples about how, you know, we could sit there and look and just, you know, point the finger at them and say, man, like you guys screwed up here and here and here and here and here. And I gave and I listed a bunch of them out there for people to kind of think about. Mm -hmm. Well, we're no different. You know, so back to your point of how things how, you know, we're sitting on the couch watching the game while our family's doing whatever. And we're, you know, the men aren't leading the families and, you know, the men aren't being the strong example, godly examples of the way they should be. Mm -hmm. Here we go in our modern society. It's kind of the same thing. So like, you know, now, you know, we're, you know, people, Christians everywhere are up in arms and frustrated about how, you know, voting and stuff is going. Well, we're no different than what happened thousands of years ago with the Israelites, you know, like with Moses, you know, they, they, they voted to have. They voted, I'm going to put my, wherever my camera is, they, they <laughs> voted for Mo, for Moses to intercede for them. And then they didn't like him, so they voted, to. they wanted to get rid of him. And all these different examples all throughout history of how people, you know, voted, quote unquote, and, and, and they just kept going back against themselves, you know. And mostly they weren't following God's will. I think you're going to be hard pressed to find any government that is for Christ. <laughs> right. You're, you're going to, it's just not the way it's working. Right. Well, we know it's Jesus is returning to set up his own government for a reason, right? Because yeah. I mean, we've got a problem and, and it's just, it's just human nature. We, when you get a bunch of people together, unless they are dedicated to doing their absolute best to read the scripture and to serve the Lord. And even then you're still going to find problems, right? But unless they're dedicated to that, they're, they're simply not going to follow God. And, mm -hmm. and you're going to see governments going further and further toward antichrist. Um, but it's, it is for purposes also, we know that we're coming to the end, right? I mean, the reality is we know the spirit of Antichrist is on the rise. Paul even said in his day it was. And he was much closer to Jesus' first coming than we ever were, right? And and he's still talking about, you know, oh, yeah, the spirit of Antichrist is on the rise. And I'm like, man, Paul, what, you know, but he's living during Roman times just, and we kind of think, you know, I, I think it's funny because when we think, we always, we always hear a big buzz about that in our when we hear about, you know, like what's happening politically in America and we see America kind of turning away from God and all these kind of things. And I'm just thinking, let's not forget, you know, governments of the world have been pretty evil over time. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and I think we, we, we kind of measure end times based on what we see with our American government. Oh man, we're clearly closer to the end. Look at what's happening in America. And it's like, yeah, well, like Nero was burning Christians to light his garden. I mean, like this is, this is pretty bad. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I mean, Christians were living in horrible times, right? <laughs> uh, so governments are typically not for Jesus. And uh, unfortunately, we're just seeing that happen in our country. We see it slipping away, uh, you know, kind of slipping in that direction. And, it, and you know, we, we, we can't assume that it's going to be something else, that somehow we're going to backtrack and be able to get some ground back, I think. I think what you're seeing is, a move that governments make they mm -hmm. they are not for christ yeah
So. Well, and you know, again, for the 913th time, God set something up and, and basically set us up for success. And then we managed to to fumble it very quickly, you know. So, you know, God set up, you know, the 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 country of the United States of America. And, you know, like, here's this awesome thing. I'm giving you this awesome land. And, you know, here's, you know, the way that this should be. And then, boom, we messed that up real fast. And we can just continue to ride yeah. this roller coaster of on again, off again, you know. Oh, yeah. But that's all in the Bible. I mean, you know, like it, it's been that way, you know, pe people have done a pretty good job of messing up what God wants to do for a long time. <laughs> well, and that's and, you know, Paul understood this. And like he told Timothy, like, so Paul's giving to Timothy. Uh, so let me let me just throw this in because we're talking about politics. And, you know, they tell you, oh, don't talk about politics or religion and. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to talk about both. And, <laughs> and so, but there's a there's implications for both, right? Morality and things that God tells us to do. But Paul writes to Timothy as a young pastor, and this is what he tells him. He says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. And he specifically says this, for kings and for all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So what does Paul know? Paul knows when you don't have righteous kings and righteous authority, you don't have peace. <laughs> like, there's a problem, right? And so what we're seeing is like, why do we pray for those things? That we would have peace as believers, that we would still be able to share the gospel without being arrested, right? Still be able to share the gospel without death and dying. Uh, because we, you know, God moves on authorities. He puts authorities in place because we have to have those there because government is from the Lord, mm -hmm. but it's designed for purposes with his intention. But Paul tells us to pray for him for a reason. We mm -hmm. got we got to pray for those things that we would see that peace. Mm -hmm. And he can absolutely meet them where they are. And so if they're in a bad yeah. way, God can absolutely choose to meet them where they are. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it also helps us work on our prayer lives. That's right. Hey, did you hear that? What's going on, man? No, I'm doing great. Doing great. It's good to see you guys again. But really, yeah. it's a really good point. Yeah. The whole thing as far as, you know, as far as us being on our knees and and be prostrate and all positioned before the Lord. Um, you know, ultimately, that's that's his heart's desire is to be able to to speak to us and and let his his heart be made known through us and and that's that's why we do what we do mm -hmm. yep it really is yeah yeah that's a beautiful part about prayer right like i think right a lot of times when people come and pray they kind of think like somehow god's going to move all of human history to give you what you want and it's like that's that's not what he's doing like right god's got <laughs> purposes and plans and so when we come right. to pray he's revealing his purposes and plans to us and we have the opportunity to line up with those purposes and plans. Mm -hmm. And so then all of a sudden, what happens when you pray and you pray according to God's purposes, your prayers are answered. Hey, right? Yeah, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. Um, you know what, guys? I, um, I hope this works out okay going live like this. I could have recorded this session too, but I forgot. So we'll see how it goes. You know, so I can get it on... Um, the podcast and, and such, but we'll, we'll, we'll get it figured out. I'm sure. But anyway, Ian, it's glad, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're back. Yeah. And, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And we enjoyed been... your, your midweek uplift. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not crazy? It was. So that morning, I and I and I shared this with Ian. I said that morning I was um, you know, early in the morning, I was getting ready for work and and that sort of thing. And 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 I felt like God say, Ian's gonna go back to doing his short messages. And I thought, wow, yeah. that's interesting. And then that afternoon it popped up and I was like, well, it wasn't <laughs> bad chili, it was God. Like <laughs> you know, I believe God does that for us just to let us know that he's still speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll give us those little things that you'll oh, see yeah. immediately so that it keeps our faith alive that we know he really is still speaking to us. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, and, and then I and I didn't get a text from Chad earlier in the day that said, don't do this. So <laughs> I'm like, must be on the right track. Right. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, it's um, some interesting things have happened. I, and it's it's crazy. It's been two years since since I did the last one. Um, wow. and, yeah. And, and, and part of that is you know, two years ago is with the whole COVID thing hit. So I really couldn't get up and do anything. Oh, that's right. But, yeah. Um, you know, to, to watch, um, especially over the last couple of weeks and, um, since really this weekend, you know, God just made it very clear that, um, it was something that he wanted me to get back into doing. And I had actually mentioned it to Phil probably what, two or three months ago, maybe Yeah, that that I feel like it's, it's moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. But, um, man, Sunday was just clear. It's time to do it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. And kind of like, you know how we do? We kind of like, okay, God, I hear you. I'll file that away. And uh, I yep. guess at points determine when, when that's good for me to uh, go do it. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. and, and, right. And it was like, God's like, uh, son, I don't think you're hearing me. I mean, this Wednesday. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But yeah, I appreciate the encouragement on that, Chad. I really mm. do. Yeah. And it's funny how God works that way. You know, sometimes there are different things that a, a tidbit like that'll just pop in your mind. Like, you know, and you know, it's a God thing because it's like, man, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Like I'd completely forgotten about the midweek uplifts and different things like that. And it's like, you know, that's a God thing, you know, like, yeah, where else, where else does that come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly and, right. And that's one of the ways he works. And that's one of the ways that we, we quote unquote hear from God Ooh. is God will just pop that thing into your mind. And, and it's just, you know, it's something that's just like something that you wouldn't normally ever think about in a normal situation. And then, you know, that, it, you know, that that's from God. So people will always are, you know, we even did a, a an episode about this recently about how do you hear from God or what, how do you, how, you know, how do you know that God's speaking to you? Well, there, there's one example. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if we took Moses' burning bush, right? Let's say we take the example of Moses in the burning bush. So God invites Moses in an ever so awesome way to join in his will, right? Like, hey, Moses, this is what I'm going to do. You're going to be part, you know? <laughs> and and he doesn't probably get the response that, you know, you normally should get as God of the universe. It should have been like, all right, I'm so excited to be part of what you're doing, God. That's not quite <laughs> what Moses did, right? And so... And so what happens is Moses hears from the Lord. He's invited to do God's work. And then there's immediately what everybody's going to experience. And so I I just want to encourage people like you are going when God tells you something to do, 
you are always going to have a crisis of belief. <laughs> You're always going to hear that question that the serpent asked Eve. Did God really say? Mm -hmm. That is always going to be there. I don't know why that's always there, but it's always there. There's always that nagging question. Did God really say? And at that moment, that's where your faith has got to kick in, right? At that moment, you're going to have to tell yourself, no, I know God said this, so I'm going to go do this. Right? Yeah. And that, but that's where our, those are the moments that shape our life. When we hear from the Lord, he invites us to do something. Because Moses could have been like, no, I'm not doing that. Now, God's response would have probably been something, you know, pretty rough, like, <laughs> you know, okay. But, uh, but uh, you know, we always have a crisis of belief. God invites us to do and join him in his work. And then it's always that nagging question. I always tell people there's going to be those two questions. Going back to Genesis, right? There's always those two questions that we have that God will ask us, right? He's going to ask us, where are you? So we, like he asked Adam, hey, hey, Adam, where are you? Now, he's not asking Adam this for his benefit. He is asking, Ad, like, he's. it's not like Adam hid from God and goes like, oh, man, that was a good job. I couldn't find you. Like, <laughs> right, like <laughs> no, God knows exactly where he's at. He's asking a spiritual question. Because if you pay attention, Adam's answer is spiritual. Well, mm -hmm. we disobeyed. Mm -hmm. Right, like. He didn't, he didn't say, I'm right here, God. I'm hiding behind this bush. He said, he didn't give a physical, he gave a spiritual answer because God was asking a spiritual question. Where are you? Like, how come yeah. you're not walking with me anymore? Mm -hmm. So God's always going to ask you that question. Where are you? Mm -hmm. And he's going to ask you the second one because you're all, there's always these lies that we get told. And of course, Adam comes to God and he says, well, we were naked. And he starts telling God this, the situation. And then, so God asks him the second question, which he'll always ask us, who told you that? Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> if it's not in the word, if God didn't say it, and you're believing something that he never said, you have a problem in your belief system. Right? And he's always going to ask you, who told you that? Did mm -hmm. I tell you that? Or did you get that information from somewhere else? All right. And so, and that's what's going on. Yeah. And you don't know, you you, oh, good, no, I was just gonna say, don't you just love it when you give God the sit rep? You know, like when you sit there and you say, Okay, God, here's what's going on, you know. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. wait a minute, let me listen and see what you have to say. <laughs> That's right. I, I always seem to have a problem with that. Like when I go to God and pray, and I've got to really change this about my life, like I always lay it out. I want to make sure God knows everything that's going on, like right, like yeah, and, and it's like God's not the one that has the problem with that. I'm the one that has the problem with that, right? Like God's going to go, okay, now you laid it out for me. Let me lay it out for you. Okay, you yeah. Don't yeah. quite understand that. Yeah, it's kind of like Job, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I. So where were you with the mountain goats were born? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you oh, are? Yeah, Never right. mind. Got it. Um, yeah. You said, you know, if the Bible, if it's not in the Bible, then. It's not God. And a, a lot of times I'll tell people when they're trying to hear God's voice, I'll say, would God say that? Now, let me give you an example. There was this one morning I was going to church and there was a bakery in this town where I was, where the church was. And I pull up and I thought, I think God wants me to have a donut. Okay. So there were no spots. I said, if there's a spot out front, then God is, wants me to have a donut. 
And so as I pulled up, there were no spots, but by golly, the fourth time around, there was a spot. So I knew God wanted me to have a donut. <laughs> I no. When you know how you pray for a sign from God, when, when that sign comes on, it says it's, it's hot and ready or that it's the, you know, the fresh donuts are now available. <laughs> That's a sign. Right? Yeah. God, if I drive by there and that sign's not on, I know I'm not supposed to have a donut. <laughs> <laughs> but by the fourth oh. time around the block, it's on. <laughs> fourth time around. driving until the sign comes on, right? Oh, that, that's the Lord's will right there. That's called yep. faith with perseverance. That's right. <laughs> that's scriptural. <laughs> okay. Oh. oh, that's funny. So I want to put this out there again for the people that are watching. If you go into the chat, you can put out a question to us and we'll try to answer it the best we can. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. So I, I see you're watching. I don't know who you are, but I can see you're watching. So let us know. What do you, what do you think? What, what kind of questions do you have for us? And we'll do our best to answer them. All right, Phil, I got a question for you. Since, since no one's brave enough to ask you one, I'll, I'll ask you one. Okay. So... We're, we're doing this uh, just to give everybody kind of the little background story. We're doing this Bible in a year thing that Phil's kind of leading us on. And, and uh, it's in the, the version app, but no, you don't have to use the, the app. You can just, Phil put gives us paper every month that gives us each day what we're supposed to read. And it gives you a snip of the Old Testament, a snip of the New Testament, and then a, a, a Psalm and a Proverb each day. So right now we're in, um, oh golly, what book are we in in the Old Testament, Phil? We're in the numbers. We're in numbers. That's right. I'm losing it. It's been a long day. But anyway, so I, we're we're reading the part about where they're you know uh, they're all there and uh, they the the Israelites come against uh, Moses and Aaron, and so God. Uh, tells Moses like separate yourselves from the people I'm going to I'm going to take them out and Moses drops down in prayer and immediately and tells Aaron go get the what is it the uh whatever the the apparatus is and, and put yeah okay go get that fill it full of incense and that and go run out into the crowd you know so explain how Moses knew because be, Moses said that God is going to bring the plague on them immediately. How did he know that? And how did he know what to tell Aaron to do? Was it the Holy Spirit? I would say yes. Now, I'm glad you asked that question because I fight this one a lot with people. They say the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and he didn't, ex he wasn't around until then. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, there's countless times in the Bible where God says, I will put my spirit upon, or my spirit is upon Moses. My spirit is upon Aaron. And it, the spirit came upon Saul, upon David, upon Samuel. So, yeah, you know, right out of the gate, I say, yes, it was the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he also spent a lot of time with God. So mm -hmm. he knew what would work. Mm -hmm you know, to, to solve, to end that plague, because he knew what God had been telling him. He, it was his relationship with God. You, as you get closer to God, you will know, first of all, when it's him speaking, you will know 
what to do in a certain situation, just like, you know, um, to flip a light switch, you know, especially we do that when the power's out, we walk in a room, we flip the light switch, expecting it to come on, even though the power's out. So it's just like second nature that you'll know what to do as you get closer to God. Mm. And nobody had a closer relationship than Moses. Well, Jesus did obviously, but mm. Moses had a pretty close relationship with mm. God. Mm-hmm. Moses is a is a Christ type because toward the end of his life they say look for a prophet like me yeah who's coming right a mm-hmm. prophet who will be that well of course that intercessor that person who literally delivers them from slavery right so yeah someone's going to deliver so interestingly enough too by the way thinking about Holy Spirit in the uh, in the Scripture uh, that anointing that comes on that oil that was poured over them was a representation of God's spirit poured over on them. But it wasn't just like, you know, we have our little bottles of anointing on. We've like dab our finger and we put like a little cross or we'll do something, we'll put a dot, you know, know, whatever we got to do. In this case, they would literally have horns of oil Mm -hmm. because it had to be poured on you Mm. because it had to cover you. Mm. Yeah. Even talks about going down into the beard. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so right. David talks about the joy of that, that right. anointing oil, because the, it was it was, again, that symbolism like God's not sparing symbol. Like he's not like, well, we got to preserve our oil here. You know, he's like, <laughs> you know, he's like showing symbols in what it looks like, because that was like over these people. And there was three people that were always anointed. It was the king, the priest and the prophet. And only a king, priest and prophet could anoint somebody else. Somebody who was anointed mm-hmm. already had to anoint somebody else. And Jesus is all three offices. Right. He's king, awesome. priest, and prophet. Mm-hmm. That's so. awesome. But too, isn't it interesting that, um, you know, you know, Chad, in your question of asking, you know, how did he know what to do? And, and I think that at points um, in, in Christianity and in doing church, we're so focused on, well, what am I supposed to do? Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Mm. And with Moses, it was, it wasn't that it wasn't, don't think just go, just do. And it was about that relationship. And it's like, and we even get this to this point too, about going, okay, well, somebody's only qualified to to take a church if they've gone to seminary, if they've done these different things and they've learned how to do things when you know, God's like, no, I just want you to guys to be, be with me. You know, I just want you to be, it's not about the, the doing those things will come and you'll know what to do if you're with me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's a big thing. That's um, that part of that level of relationship um, and that dynamic, if I could put it that way, that dynamic of relationship with God and Holy spirit that's missing today. And yeah. so people are like, why well, I, I, I can't pray because I don't pray well. Or I can't do this because I can't address, I can't pray for healing because I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say because, you know, there's a written prayer somewhere that you pray these specific things and then healing's going to happen, you know? And, and I think as, as far as Christendom is concerned at this point, we're so caught up in the, am I doing it right? And God's like, I don't care about right. I just care about relationship. Mm -hmm. Anytime you say to someone you need to, you should, or something like that in directing them, you're bringing in the spirit of religion and you're pushing God out. 
There's no faith in that. If you're mm-hmm. telling me what I need to do, how am I walking in faith? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen this difficulty with regard to like baptism and yes. <laughs> right? Like yeah. baptism yes. and communion, you have a lot of people that be like, Well, you can't baptize, you're not a you're not a preacher, you're not a pastor. I'm like, wait a second, that's part of the Great Commission. <laughs> Like you're just supposed how to, do you explain that? How do you explain that? To be, yeah, when you go and tell somebody about Jesus and they receive Jesus, baptize them. Right, like, yes. Right, like this. yes. Jesus didn't, he didn't, like, he gives a great commission. He doesn't go, okay, now. Now, wait a minute, Robert. For, this movement might this not is, be for you. <laughs> yeah, this is, there's, I got to qualify this, right? I got to make sure I qualify this with who this is for. And like, but I've heard like people who are like upset about that. I'm just like, look, we are believers. Let's just go out and do the Great Commission. We're supposed to do this for people in Christ. And we've been buried with him. We have died and been buried and resurrected with him. And if you're, if you're that, then you're that. And you just do, you just keep doing it. You produce more like yourself. Like this is, this is who we are. And, or like communion, like, well, we have so many weird ideas about communion. Like I'm just. I'm just trying to inform people like you understand this was like a whole meal, right? Like this was not like, like we take our grape juice and our little yeah. styrofoam piece yeah. of bread or whatever that is, our styrofoam cup that somebody ripped off. And then, and then we go, like, and we think, man, that is communion. Something about this is holy like this. Okay. Well, hold on. Wait a second. Now God told us to do communion, but it's in remembrance of him, but it's right. just the elements that were at the table. But the whole point of this is when you come together as believers and you're eating around the table, you're communing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you are together. That's I love common it. Christ. Yeah. Like the Christ has saved us. And so it really would be anywhere when you're together. <laughs> right. Imagine, imagine doing communion at Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Right. And it really is. It's just that. It's just that camaraderie, that fellowship, that joy that that we're all being there together and having seen, you know, haven't seen relatives for a long time. But, but just, you know, that spirit of, of joy and thanksgiving and all. And during that time and then going, hey, here's the cup. That's right. And whatever was in it was what you use, mm-hmm. which is why it's like you guys remember when we did communion during covid. And, and we were, and when we did communion, it was like, what do you have in your pantry? Mm-hmm. You know what? If it's potato chips and Dr. Pepper, that's what we're going with. Right. Yeah. Right. And, right. and it really took, you know, us doing it that way. I got a lot of feedback and crazily enough, it was amazingly positive mm-hmm. because it brought communion into the meaning of it and not what was in our hands. Mm-hmm. Because see, otherwise, it's a great point, Robert. They get it. They think about it as just those elements. They're not thinking about this is why unity was so important, right? Because when you're eating around the table and you're not unified, well, think of the relational problems there, right? Like that's why it was so important. (laughs) Like now, that's a family Thanksgiving right there. Yeah. Because everything Jesus is doing is about that unity, because how can you, yeah. if you sit down at the table together, and Jesus had problems, right? Like Judas was not with him. Jesus offers Judas communion. He offers to work out their relationship, and Judas leaves. Mm-hmm. Right? right. He leaves the table. 
he left that community. He left the communion, right? And so the last time we did communion at the church, I brought this out. It was homecoming for us. And we had a nice big meal and everybody was there. And I said, we're going to have communion at the homecoming. We even invited another church to come. And it was so cool because the, the other church had come. And, and on a Sunday morning, they were willing to sacrifice the service they would normally have at their church. And we had communion together with even other believers from, an, from another church. And it was just awesome. It was an awesome experience. And then I, I, you know, I went through and we talked about what communion really was and the importance of believers being together in unity. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, and like we get idea. yeah, we get trapped up in this religious religiosity. I think that's an eonism, isn't it? Religious <laughs> religiosity. Because I triggered a whole bad a whole bunch of, of Methodists one time on that that Facebook group when we were in the middle of disaffiliation and they were like trying to figure out the how to do something with, with communion. And I'm like, man, like and I brought that exact same thing up. Like when we were doing COVID. We were just, you know, we were, you know, it, we did communion with whatever we had, a donut and a Dr. Pepper, and people were just like, oh. I mean, people were just yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's not, you know, like, and it's like, whoa, it's like, okay, we're, we're off the rails here, you know, like, God, you know, if, hey, think of, put it, let's put it in this perspective. Let's say that you were out ministering to homeless people on the streets of whatever town, and, yeah, right. And, and and you were at let's say you were feeding people breakfast and you that's what you had was muffins and donuts and whatever you had, coffee or something. And you and, and people were sitting there and, and and you were just you know sharing whatever food you had with these people, and you were, you know, they were asking you about Jesus and you were bringing them to the Lord or whatever. I mean, are you gonna slam on the brakes and say, we don't have the styrofoam bread that Robert uses. And we don't have the little cups of the Welch's grape juice yeah. with the little special plastic cups. Or like we go to slam on the brakes and go to somebody's going to run to the church and make sure that Phil is there to bless it or Robert's there to bless it because they've got the license. You know, like, are we going to slam on the brakes and, and do all this? No. I mean, you know. Jesus, what 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 paper did Jesus have? You know, what was what seminary did Jesus go to? Yeah, did he have to unroll his scroll? You know, to make <laughs> you know all we we forget the concept of the table of the Lord. Everybody's welcome at the table of the Lord. Yeah, is welcome. The rich, the poor, the male, the female, the Jew, the Greek. Everybody's welcome to the table of the Lord. And throughout church history, the the whole point was to be able to come together in unity at this. And so I, I even warn our people, I'm like, look, when, let me ask you an honest question. When the early church came together and they came together and they ate, did they deny their children food? Yeah, that's they, right. They that's food? good. Now you kids, now you kids, because you don't know Jesus or you don't understand Jesus. I want you to go sit in that corner over there. You can't have this food. Right. Those kids, those poor kids would be like, you know, Going, oh, mom, I just need a morsel. I'm so hungry, right? No, everybody's welcome at the table of the Lord. It's a place of coming into Christ. And children are under your household, right? And so the reality is like, so I just tell people like anything we do to separate out the table of the Lord, we're in danger of breaking the Corinthian situation. We're, we're in danger of doing the same thing because mm -hmm. we're sitting there separating out what the table of the Lord, you know, separating out who can be there. Jesus is inviting everybody to be at that table. 
Yep. And when the church uses that table as a way to separate out, yes, we're in danger, Whoa. right? We're Whoa in to you, yeah, right. Yeah. So, absolutely, there are Pharisees in our society today for sure. What? What? <laughs> yeah. No, you're Sanhedrin. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Sadducee. I mean. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm a, I'm an Essene, so I'm separated from everyone. I'm special. Chad's a zealot. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, I'm the demoniac, so. Oh, oh man. That's funny. <clears throat> that's right. You're, oh, you're that's a messianic. Really you're a messianic, Phil. That's what, oh, you yes. are. that's what it is, messianic. Yeah. Hey, just to be clear, there's That's two people. There's two people in this four people group here who graduated from a Catholic university. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> that would be me and Phil. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> I did. I did get my master's degree from a Catholic university. I did. And when, yeah. and when we and when we were disaffiliating, I said two cardinals outrank one bishop. <laughs> oh, that is oh man. Yes. Well, Phil, Phil and Chad, I'd like to apologize. Then I'm sure you guys probably didn't appreciate my communion comments. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't try to teach us that. It's just okay if you got the money, we'll we'll teach you. Oh, oh. No, we'll give you a degree. But yeah, I didn't have to take any Catholic classes. I wouldn't have done it. Uh, no, they taught me statistics. You know, like yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. No, I I was tracking with you there and totally on board with what you were saying. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Had a person ask me, uh, new, somebody new to the church was a young girl said, hey, can, um, is it okay if she takes communion? I went, you better believe it. Get her up here right now. I And she's like, she's not, but she's only, I think seven, I think is what it was. I, was like, I, I don't care if you were holding her in your arms, she can take communion in this mm -hmm. church. Yeah. And if that goes against the mm -hmm. Methodist way, then I don't care because I'm a Christian first and a Methodist second or third or fourth. But well, yeah, <laughs> Phil's a rebel. I, I'm the zealot. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a messianic influence on the Methodist Church, Phil. Well, I'm, uh, I'm going to say something that's probably going to make a lot of people upset. Okay. I have a feeling if Jesus walked into our churches today that he would be ruffling some feathers. Like he would say some things that would just mess mm. our world up. Oh yeah. We, we would have the same problem that they had with him uh, in, back in, back in his day. He, he came in and every religious idea would just be. Born. Yeah. Well, everybody just left the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, off topic, I got to ask a question here because it's been bugging me all night. Robert, it looks like you're sitting in front of a cruise ship. Ah. <laughs> what is that behind you? <laughs> oh, no, no, this is our, uh, I'm actually in our fish kid room. Okay. And so, yeah, our fish kid room. And uh, now I would love to show that to you, but I'm not sure I have the technical skills. <laughs> no, that's okay. Oh, wait, here we go. Over we don't here. need you dropping there off. Like, there you go. Oh, okay. It's our, it's our children's room. And of course, and we have, and if you can see it, we have our own logo for that. We call them our fish kids, faithful in serving him. And we just basically say, you're all fish. 
Jesus is trying to catch you. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and we're, we're, we actually at some point, uh, want to move. And, and so this is another, if anybody from our church is watching, here's a, a spoiler alert. Uh -oh. In the future, we would like to call our church the net so that mm -hmm. we would be the net to Hartsville to catch the fish. So we're That's starting awesome. to gear everything as, hey, we're the fish and we'll, he catches the good and the bad. We let Jesus sort them out and, uh, and we'll go forward. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. We actually had a prophecy a while back. Um, a gentleman by the name of Pete actually gave me this prophecy. He said, you know, I don't know when this is going to take place. He said, the Lord didn't tell me when. He said, but at some point, Jesus is going to come walking along the shore. And he's going to look at you and he's going to say, hey, you've been throwing the net, casting the net, and you haven't caught any fish, have you? And we're like, we'll be like, nope. And he said, well, you just got to cast it on the other side. And so mm -hmm. at some point, Jesus is going to tell us to cast it on the head. Now, he told me, he said, now, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that's going to look like. He said, but God is going to bring in mm. a fish. Yeah. So that kind of started our whole fish, mix, awesome. like, you know, fish kids and then the net youth and eventually be called the net. And uh, the whole point is to cast the net to Hartsville. Wow. That's well, awesome. He, what he's telling you now, so people who don't know Hartsville, South Carolina, where Robert is, there's a little, there's a little lake there. He's going to just have Robert move the church to the other side of the lake. You know, that's <laughs> well, the other side of the lake, that'd be the Gentile side. So yeah. the Jewish side to the Gentile side. <laughs> uh, I forgot to ask you, Chad, did that answer your question the other day about the Gentile? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He asked, um, I think it was uh, about communion or no, uh, Passover. Well, Freudian slip there. Passover. Um, who can celebrate it? And it was uh, the sojourner. Is that the word you used? Or was yeah. It the, well, right. So right. So in the the version that I read, which is the ESV, whatever that stands for. Okay. English it, standard. Okay. That that talks go. that talks about the uh, they use the term sojourner or foreigner. Yeah. So in the midst of all the stuff that they were doing. You know, with with all the 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 laws and everything that God was given to the to the Israelites, you know, He said, and if there is a sojourner or a foreigner amongst you, then if they follow the 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 laws and the rules that I'm giving you, then they're they're part of the family. And I was like, well, wait a minute, is that the first indication yes. of this weaving? You know, weaving outsiders into the into the family, so to speak. Well, I don't know if it was the first indication, but it was a very good indication that mm. that's what his plan was. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, the Jews don't realize today that it's in the things that they study and they know quite well, God's inviting the foreigners and the sojourners with you in. And then when you get to Jesus and he's inviting him in and you're like, well, no, they're not Jewish. And mm. Peter, well, of course, they don't believe the New Testament. They don't except the new testament i should say but you know peter quickly understood it when he had that vision in acts chapter yeah. 10 right or 11 i can't remember now mm -hmm. well in yeah. passover you know communion by the way is a passover meal sure that's why i said you know i said they were uh, having communion in passover so like if that's god's heart right inviting the yeah in, yeah yeah who should we be inviting to communion to commune with us right like anyway just some good thoughts there 
Yeah, because I was always under the impression that that you know the the being Jewish and the Jewish faith meant you were you had the bloodline of being an Israelite. You know what I mean? And, and I never really it, it kind of blew my mind when I saw that. And I was like, well, wait a minute, what? You know that kind of confused me a little bit, and that's why I brought up the whole Gentile thing. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're right though. And the Jews today. Oh, we don't have time for me to get into this. <laughs> but just briefly, the Jews today, they know they're Jewish based on their lineage, but goes back to Judah or Benjamin and possibly some Levites mixed in. But you won't find a Jew today who says, I'm from the tribe of Simeon or I'm from the tribe of Reuben. I mean, you might, but they're not truly Jewish unless they're from Judah. The nation of Judah, which was Judah and Benjamin, mm-hmm. that was the two tribes mm-hmm. in the southern kingdom. Mm-hmm. Okay, I shortened that a little bit. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> I was impressed. And, you know, that's you know, in the in the history of that, it's you know the the ten tribes. The only two tribes that stayed, yeah, uh, true to the Lord were the Levites who watched over the temple, and Judah, mm-hmm. who was you know that that area where Jerusalem is, and. The other 10 tribes went to darkness. And that's mm-hmm. that was part of the gospel. Like Jesus, like it, the scripture tells us that like Jesus was going to come. And, he, and it says, that's why it says the light will shine through Zebulun and Naphtali, because Jesus was going to come bring shine light in the mm-hmm. darkness. He was going to bring those 10 tribes right. back. Right? All of his right. apostles come yeah. from the north. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jesus said it many times i've come for the lost sheep of the house of israel house of israel is not the house of judah but he did come for the jews as well but he specifically said the house of israel were the or the 10 tribes and he said i have sheep from another sheepfold Mm -hmm. you know not just the jews that were coming to him but the the gentiles basically Mm. this is not british israelism (laughs) or any kind of israelism well, guys, it's uh, it's almost eight o'clock, and we've only lost one person in this hour. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> and it was right when Robert went on his tangent. You know? <laughs> <laughs> was. I, I knew it. I knew it. that was. I knew it was going to happen. Went right when I said, "Okay, I'm going to make somebody mad." About right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I'm out of here. Yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed doing this. And it was the Assembly of God guy that did it. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's one in every room. <laughs> oh, I love it. Ian, I'm hoping you can join us again sometime. Yes. Because yeah, that's looking more and great. more like a possibility. Good, good. I'm yeah. glad to hear yeah. that. Good. Yeah, things things are kind of slowing down a little bit. So that's nice. Good. Yeah. Good. That's good to hear. Um, you know, because it's always good to have four because that way if one of us is can't make it then it's not like somebody gets stuck with chad yeah i mean you know (laughs) because you always seem to be the one that's consistent chad you know that's true there was a time well there was a time though it was myself and robert then it was robert and chad then it was me and chad and then we were finally all back together again my most my most funny memory of of any of this 
stuff I've ever been involved in with you guys was one time it was just me and Ian. And I think it might've been my first time or second time oh. maybe, but it was just me and Ian. And like, I'd had a long week at work and we always recorded these on Thursday night. And so, and we recorded them at the church. And so we showed up and, uh, you know, like it was funny because Ian looked at me and it's like, well, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, I just gave him this blank stare. Like it was just a blank sheet of paper. And he was like, okay. He's like, well, you know, like me and, me and Julie have been kind of talking a lot about, it was, I think, Elijah. You were studying Elijah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's yeah. just go with that. And so Ian just talked for a half an hour and I just sat there and was like, oh, uh-huh. Oh, that's great. You know. So that was that episode of Uplift. It was, it was real uplifting because Ian just basically self-taught, you know, like an episode of, uh, of, of a Bible study on Elijah. And I was just agreeing with him, you know. <laughs> you know, Chad, the first time you were ever on, you had two or three sheets of paper. Oh, I had notes. Yeah. And I said to myself, he is not going to have them forever. Well, then, yeah. yeah, I mean, like uh, I'm coming in, I'm like, I don't know anything. Like, what do, what do they even have me here for? And like, <laughs> I've got notes and stuff and I've got like scriptures written down and stuff. And I'm like, well, okay, well, hopefully if they can talk about something that I can kind of tie these things into and I just, you know, it was a little <laughs> awkward. <laughs> you mentioned their out of obedience because yeah. the Lord had spoken to both of us. Yes. Bring Chad in. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and he has a great sense of humor. And then it was bring Robert in. So, That's right. yeah, it was, it was a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been awesome. Yes, it has. <laughs> it really has. Yeah, because what episode are we up to now? Uh one twenty-five or six. I can't remember now. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. It is. Yep. So it's it's that's a lot. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So yep. it's like everybody's dropping off now. So we probably should wrap this up. And it is like uh almost eight o'clock. Yep. Yep. So, but hey, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think we should do it again sometime. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. It's and always good to do and our regular Thursday night or Friday night or whatever we do, because uh, I can always edit out some things that we don't want in there, but can't do that when we're live. But we did all right. Yeah. And we're taking the week of Thanksgiving off, right? That's right. Yes, we are taking the week of Thanksgiving off. So if you're watching this, we will not be on on Thanksgiving night. We will be back the week after Thanksgiving, which is the 30th of November. And Robert will be having communion with pumpkin pie. Amen. <laughs> and, you are, and you're allowed too. So if you're watching this, you can have communion with pumpkin pie because Robert's doing right. it. And hot, hot apple cider maybe or Amen. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great right. idea. <laughs> yeah. all right guys and thank you everybody who turned out to watch us um in about 40 seconds because it's going to probably take us 20 seconds to end this we're going to be gone so <laughs> tell us what you think yeah, leave us a comment yeah yeah leave us a comment let us know what you thought um if you liked it we'll do it again if not then we'll uh Great show, gentlemen, is the comment we got. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the guy who said that's going to be on here with us sometime, too. That's right. Again, <laughs> he was on here before. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, we'll see you again next week. Yeah. Sounds great. All right.